So the A-League season all comes down to tomorrow night with a grand final between Melbourne City and Central Coast Mariners. City, of course, have been the benchmark all year while the Mariners are embracing the David V. Goliath narrative. It's been a decent wait. The kickoff is 7.45 tomorrow in Parramatta and Channel 10 and Paramount Plus's football guru, Andy Harper, is with us once again this morning. Andy, good morning to you. Yeah, very good morning to you too, Sam. Where do we find you on this lovely Friday morning? Yeah, it's a beautiful day, actually. Well, I'm I'm just in the inner city of Sydney. Had the awards night last night, which uh, was a good yeah. night. Did it, I feel that it put on a good show. And a couple of good recipients, Craig Goodwin winning the Johnny Warren medal, Alex Chidiak, the Julie Dolan medal for the best players in the season. And now we get ready for the grand final. So a beautiful day in Sydney. I'll go to this grand final party tonight, check that out. And then game day tomorrow. I'm glad you raised last night. Any surprises? No, not really. I mean, I'm, no, I think so. Look, Matthew Leckie was nip and tuck until mm. he got injured in the race with Craig Goodman. But, I'm, you know, I, I don't think it can be contested. He's, just, he's a great recipient. He had a great season. Um, I know the Socceroo stuff doesn't count, or maybe it did. Maybe when people are casting their votes game by game. Yeah. Craig Goodwin's excerpts for, uh, for the exertions for the Socceroos in the World Cup might have provided some positive perception bias. Um, I'm not. There's nothing wrong with that. That just happened. He's just had such a fantastic season and a very worthy recipient. Very happy for him. Yeah, he was fantastic domestically and overseas as well. Of course, in the World Cup. What What have you made of the build up to this uh, grand final in the respective camps, there, Andy? Yeah, it's a little bit strange. Um, obviously, all the stuff around the grand final decision mm. still sort of lingers. Um, and, and look, thankfully, the Mariners um, are qualified to give. A lot of local flavour to to the to to the contest and and to the event. So um, it would have made it a lot stranger had the Mariners not won the semi, given where Sydney FC finished up, of course, in their semi against Melbourne City. But you know, the week off is again just another. It's a strange feeling. Um, you know, the semi-finals seem a long time ago now, and and you know, the great night in Gosford when the Mariners torched Adelaide in front of 20,000 and, and just the excitement around that place on the night seems to have, it's not dissipated. I know the coast is really anticipating a big weekend and the locals have been right into it, but generally the heat has maybe drifted away a little bit and it's hard to keep the momentum going for two weeks. But I tell you, it was a, it was a buzzing night last night. There's a lot of anticipation about tomorrow. Um, two really good teams who I think are going to put on a really good grand final. So, so all the, the two weeks of fog will clear to the extent that any fog's gathered and the, and mm. the whistle will go and it'll be a great game, I'm sure. Now, I'm not sure how much you can read into this from a pure football point of view. Maybe nothing. Maybe it doesn't have any effect on, on the side and you'd probably be clutching at straws to say that it did. But a bit of news at Victory with Anthony DiPietro, obviously stepping down as chairman yesterday, Andy. I mean, what does that mean for, for the club, both in the short term and obviously the long term? Well, you know, he's been a very, very important and influential figure, um, Anthony DiPietro a real steady hand uh, over a long period of time. And he's been the chairman when the, the, the victory have had their best days. Um, but equally, I think, and Anthony would say himself, I'm, a, I'm an admirer of Anthony's, but equally you'd say that they've had a couple of very testing years, this being one of them. I mean, two seasons ago, they earned, if I could put it that way, the wooden spoon. And you know, they avowed that would never happen again. They didn't get the wooden spoon this season, but I... Outside of COVID, a very difficult campaign given the pre-Christmas trouble and, 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 and all the lingering fallout from that, the team not firing, 
partly as a result of, of that haze. And so he leaves, mm. I would think, uh, with his head held high, having done a great job um, leading this football club. But he's been such a big personality there. Yeah. And sometimes clubs can take a while to rediscover a mojo. And I certainly hope victory don't have to go through any particular, particularly long or dry spell in in, dis, in, in either rediscovering their current mojo or de- developing another one under a new chairperson. Uh, but time will tell that. And, and But the league can't afford for victory to wait. You know, mm. the league needs its big clubs firing and... Um, Victory didn't fire this season, and we all felt the effects. Yeah, well, City have, but as we've spoken about many times, they just haven't quite captured the imagination down here to get people to come along for the ride, but that's probably a conversation for another time now. Let, let's talk about this grand final a bit further. So Central Coast, a real rags-to-riches tale for them. I mean, it, what is it, a decade since their last grand final? There was the, the four spoons in five seasons and whatever it was. How did they right the ship, Andy? I mean, a fair bit's been made of their academy program. How have they got themselves back on track? That is a really good question um, because in the short term, we can point to Nick Montgomery, who's uh, done an outstanding job as coach and, you know, credit to just on the Coach of the Year award last night, which went to Carl Viet, which is fantastic for Carl. I'm a big fan of his, but I think on pretty much anyone's expected uh, expectation, Nick Montgomery was the Coach of the Year, but he got rubbed out for picking up two yellow cards in a game and sent off, which made him ineligible. But one of those yellow cards was for stepping outside the technical area mm. and it's just, it's just ludicrous ludicrous that uh, a coaching performance like Nick Montgomery's um, can't be recognised because of a, a bit of pedantry like that it's just crazy but anyway everybody watching the league knows what a great job he's done as coach and then this year particularly they've had a new chairperson Richard Peel who's given great leadership and energy to the organisation, but but the resurgence started before this new chairperson and the resurgence started before Nick Montgomery. The resurgence started under the season, under the appointment of Alan Stagic. Um, And I don't quite know how that came to pass and I don't know how Stagic um, managed without the imprimatur of a Richard Peel, the current chairperson who's given such great energy, because the licence holder and then chairperson... Uh, Mike Charlesworth, who's done a great job keeping the club going, but wasn't at all providing, as far as I could see, the same sort of impetus. So where Alan Stagic found what he found is what needs to be answered for your question. He did an incredible job in getting the team off the floor, a club whose existence was threatened, Sam. People were talking about the Mariners can never be sustainable anyway. Why don't we pack them up and move them? And all those sorts of things which now in the fullness of watching this season unfold, would seem unthinkable. Mm. Uh, And this is the best story in the game at the moment. And if it wasn't for the Mariners and their re-engagement with their fantastic community, it would be a damp squib, the grand final, on Saturday night. And to think that the Mariners were that close to the edge, you just can't even countenance it. And it was Stagic who turned it. And then once the team started going uh, in that positive direction, other things started falling into place. Uh, and most recently, of course, the unbelievable coaching performance of Mick Montgomery, as I say, and the and the renewed vigour at leadership level from uh, Richard Peel, the chairperson. Yeah, it's easy to see why people warm to them as a story, isn't it? Because they, they've they gone about it building it from the ground up. I mean, I look at Harry Steele. I mean, a, a photo of him emerged during the week watching the grand final in the stands a decade ago, and now he's playing for them at the weekend. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, it really is a great story. But they've got, you know, this is, we're, we're sporting clubs and leagues succeed or fail on their ability to engage their community, to identify themselves in their community, to identify a community um, that they can access is the key to a sports club and a sports league. Um, on that measure, there are a few question marks about some of the A-League operations. But on that measure, there is no question about the Central Coast Mariners. You know, they're the, they're the smallest budget in the competition. They've got the smallest catchment in the competition. The Central Coast is about a 350,000-size population. Um, but they're drawing 20,000 to a home semi-final. And Melbourne City, on the back of a run of four straight grand finals and three straight minor premierships mm. in the biggest, what's becoming the biggest city in Australia can only get 6,000 people. It tells you how well the Mariners are doing in engaging their community. And I think like the popular vote on Saturday is that they do it and do it in style. Yeah. So, okay. So the Cinderella story runs into city's dominance then, Andy, but does the narrative that they're the Goliath run by the city group and all the advantages and riches of the world stack up? I mean, everyone has the same salary cap. I mean, everyone can sign marquees. Is it a manufactured sort of narrative or is it legitimately there? No, it's legitimately there. Like There is a salary cap, but it's what they call in the industry a soft cap. Uh, there, are, there are that many mm. uh, lever points that clubs can legitimately access to, to spend over a certain amount, different allowances for players who've served various periods of time, players who've produced through your own academy, designated players, marquee players. You know, it, it, it's a soft cap um, it, it, at best. And so within that, Melbourne City have the capacity to flex their resource muscle. And you look around the world of football, there is an almost one-to-one correlation between budget and trophy in any league in the world um, that you have disasters like Chelsea, huge spending and not making any of the European places is it are the types of exceptions that prove the rule. Um, look, I'm not going to downplay what, what the City Football Group have done. They've built a formidable football operation. There are plenty of other big budget clubs in world football who haven't dominated the way these, these guys are dominating. So mm. there's a lot of science behind what they do as well, and I give them massive credit for that. They've got the utmost respect, actually, for how well they do their business. But they don't have to put their head on the pillow at night wondering where the next meal's coming from, put it that way. It's a massive night tomorrow night. Obviously, uh, Central Coast and Melbourne City up in the A-League Grand Final. 7 o'clock Eastern Time on Channel 10 and Paramount+. Plus. Then it's a Manchester City-Manchester United Emirates FA Cup Final to follow that. 11 o'clock on Paramount Plus as well. But uh, over in Scotland, uh, Andy, the Scottish Cup is going to be huge. Let, I want to talk to you about this. This might be Ange Postacoglu's last game. Celtic, Inverness, who are second tier, made them made their way into the final. These noises about Spurs growing louder, some would say deafening. I mean, what's your read on it and how big would it be if it actually came to be? Well, it would be massive. Um, neither outcome would surprise me. The the By which I mean... Spurs don't table an offer, or Spurs do. Neither would surprise me. Yep. Um, the irony behind part of this is that the new football officer, or CEO, whatever whatever you want to call the position, I mm. don't actually know what the title is, but July 1, Melbourne's own Scott Munn mm. takes the reins at Tottenham Hotspur, another city football group product in an administrative sense. It's a great appointment for Scott. 
But the irony is, when Scott was the CEO of Melbourne Heart, Ange Postacoglu was not good enough for that football club. Ange was uh, jobless, fanless, um, optionless, um, and Melbourne Heart looked past him to appoint other people to run their football department and coach their team. And what a great stroke of irony that if Ange does make the plunge uh, into the EPL, it will be Scott Munn, who overlooked him over a decade ago, who signs the contract. Look, there's a lot to play out before then. Rado Vidicic in the press today, uh, which you would have read, Sam, the Melbourne City coach is, is already saying how highly regarded Ange is in the City Football Group. And, and whilst it, it's, a, for some people, a, a bigger stretch to imagine him running Manchester City, City Football Group's mothership, I actually think that would be a more understandable and an easier transition for Ange than Tottenham because of the support uh, and the rusted-on support you get from the City Football Group to ride out whatever storms, and they'll trust him for the journey. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be the next coach of Manchester City, but but Rado Vidicic, who is pretty close to the belly of the beast, doesn't think it's fantasy. In the short term, I wouldn't be surprised either way, and everyone respectfully is waiting for the Scottish Cup to play out mm. uh, on Sunday morning our time, which I think the Celtic will win and he'll secure the treble. And then the party will start. I mean, it, there's going to be all sorts of toing and froing, speculating. There's going to, be, if Ange wants to go and there's an offer, there'll have to be some sort of compensation for Celtic who will be desperate, desperate, the fans desperate for him not to leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sky Sports are among many publications saying he's now actually Tottenham's number one managerial target. So uh, I'm sure those conversations will uh, ramp up out the other side of this Scottish Cup final, as you say, Andy. And the FA Cup, of course, uh, to be followed uh, very closely, 11 o'clock Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Red or blue, who wins it? Well, I hope Manchester United win it. <laughs> I don't know. I just think look, Manchester City have proven, as Melbourne City have done as well, just the, the, the power of this organisation. And, and look, Manchester United have got a great history of winning too. It's not as though their cupboard's bare. But they've shown a lot more frailty as a football club. I, I, I go for Man United. I'm not a United fan, but I do go for them in this cup final. Historic one, the first Manchester derby in the FA Cup final history. Um, and I do say because I, you just Manchester City, for as long as this machine keeps rolling, are going to be winning trophies. It gets a bit boring. I just want someone else yeah. in the short term <laughs> to win something. Yes, I reckon uh, a lot of listeners will probably be with you on that unless they're of the blue pers- sky blue persuasion, Andy. Hey, great to have your company. Uh, a lot of excitement about. So we'll be listening to you. We'll be watching 7 o'clock Eastern uh, live on Channel 10, of course, and Paramount+. Plus. It is the A-League Grand Final, Central Coast Mariners and that great story up against uh, Melbourne City have been the benchmark all year. And then it's Manchester City against Manchester United in the FA Cup Final, 11 o'clock Eastern. Eastern exclusive to Paramount Plus. Andy, enjoy the weekend. Great to have you on once again this morning. No, it'll be a good one. Thanks for having me, Sam. Talk soon. There's Andy Harper there joining us uh, from Channel 10 and Paramount Plus, our football go-to man. Melbourne's weather today, partly cloudy, top of 15. Geez, you'd like it to be a bit warmer. That's for City Power. They inspect and maintain the CBD Underground Electrical Network. We'll take a break and uh, not too far away from talking all things racing with Kamluk.